Today is Monday, November 27th. This is Shefa Nola Benoit here with Berna Rodman. Berna Rodman. Berna, for the record, please let me know the name of your business and what your wares are. Uh, my, my business name is Antiochia USA LLC, but my store name here at Capitol Hill right now, Antiochia Home Linens. And my uh, products mainly uh, is Turkish towels, traditional Turkish towels, and um, home goods. Home goods is like a soft goods, home linens, including but not limited to hand towels, kitchen towels, bath towels, bath robes, tabletops, and tablecloths, and many more. Okay. And where can someone find you online in uh, brick and mortar? Uh, online is antiochiahome.com and there's an option for shopping online as well and for wholesale customers all the information is on the website antiochiahome.com and my store is now located at 760 C Street Southeast in Washington DC 2003 and congratulations on the store how old is it it's about two months old <laughs> Born on September 25th. Very good. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So let's talk about the pre-store days. And um, let's go back to really your first market days. When, when was this? Where was this? What spurred it? Uh, yeah. The business I started is, was always modeled on a wholesale business. However, you know, walking around and talking to other um, small business owners, I was aware of the small, um, you know, flea markets, market days, bazaar days, school events, or some kind of a spring, you know, festivals that you can set up and then try to sell. So my very first market was in Annapolis at, uh, on Maryland Avenue Festival, uh, September uh, 28, 2008. My very first time I set up a table and a tent, no tent. And it started raining and my next door neighbor gave her tent to me. This is how crazy it is now that if you ever talk to any vendor about that, going to an event without checking the weather, without having a, 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 a tent, just a table and a couple of products and uh, it's pretty, not startup, startup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so, and then I, um, I visited um, Capitol Hill Flea Market, of course, and then I tried to find out how to apply. I started Saturday and Sunday, slowly, and I believe since 2010, I was a regular. Regular meaning um, about 40 weekends a year, averaging. Wow, that's a lot of time. It's a lot of weekends. And most of your items, they're imported, are they made by you? Uh, all, all my items are imported from Turkey. And the source is, again, us, because I own the looms. Uh, so how, what happened is I started bringing, of course, without owning the loom, and then um, for consistency and of quality, color, and um, growing the wholesale part of my business, I had to get the production um, process um, in-house. So right now, from buying the cotton, dyeing it, and then try, uh, coming up with different collections every year, uh, it's all made in-house in Turkey. And 
by us. So I don't buy from someone else. Uh, all traditional Turkish bath towels and robes and hand towels are made by us. Whenever you see an Antioquia label on it, it means that it was made in our facility. Okay, and us is, is a family business? Uh, family business as well, yes. And I have, a, like, a, you know, um, I work now with a, a group of 12 people there um, who can kind of, like, uh, respond to our wholesale part of the business as well. Okay, I don't know that a lot of people would know that you are creating these pieces. Yeah, oh, everything, like uh, all the uh, stripe patterns. For example, I got an award for Best New Product Award at New York Now, which is a trade show. Um, but what, what we are trying to do is like you can have the loom and then you can just weave them very standard. However, we are trying to tweak it and come up uh, using the old techniques but coming up with some new uh, weaves. Mm. I mean, if I can walk you through uh, my towels, um, this is something that some of them you cannot find on the market. Okay. And would you also, while we walk through those, would you explain to me what makes Turkish towels... What happens is that this towel, actually, it's nothing new about them. They have been used on the, um, in the baths forever, yet they are not as pretty as these. This is a steam room. It's a public bath. You have to have enough towel to wrap around, something lightweight, something absorbent. And this is where the towels are from and then the, the looms. Uh, what happened is they made a big comeback because these towels are so much more convenient for our lifestyle right now in an urban setting where you are fighting for linen closet, you don't, you know, you are a very active and you want to uh, really use a versatile product um, and especially the young generation. This, this was a big comeback for the towels. Mm. You bike to work, you take the towel. You go to yoga, you take your towel. You take the kids to camp or pool, you take the towel. And also, like, for your laundry purposes, they don't take up much space. They are literally the, the size of a T-shirt in your washer and dryer or in your linen closet. Okay. Do you want to walk around and talk about certain ones? And I'll sure. This whole wall here is us. Back out. Sure. And you can describe what the... For example, this uh, particular towel has a gray base, which means that the, the fringes are gray thread instead of white or neutral. Mm -hmm. So it makes the colors a little bit deeper. The, the look is so much more modern look. Um, some of them are very white and bright, very bathroom look. You can mix and match with their other hand towels and create a super clean, uh, crisp bathroom look. And the other ones are very bright, for example, lime greens and pinks. And For example, this weave, it's a double weave, reversible, gauzy, yet it's a very, very different. It almost doesn't look like towel. It's like a little uh, shawl or little uh, accessories. And it's oh, super soft to the touch. Yeah. But most important thing is for our production, and my kind of um, my slogan is, it it doesn't only look pretty, but it is for you to use and abuse them every day. You know, they you you should be able to wash and dry them, very easy. 
people use them a lot as a plain blanket because I have a customer base who travel a lot. So they are cotton and they are for every season. They, are, they don't have nylons or wool in it, so it's just like to your skin, it's touch, you know, very soft to, to the touch and healthy. And then again, you can wash them as often as you wash your t-shirts. And I've noticed that they are, like you said, it doesn't feel or look like a towel. It's very thin, but the absorbency? They absorb very well. They absorb fast. They dry fast. So that's the whole thing. And the next time that you use it, they're already dry. So they don't, um, you know, stay wet and smelly uh, hanging um, in your bathroom. That's the, that's the whole thing. You know, like a, a family of five, for example, five towels is about three inches. You know what I mean? It's just like less than three inches. Like a, almost it's a size of a towel with a terry towel. That's amazing. That's a, that's a great selling factor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also it's just convenience, convenience, convenience. Yeah, lovely. Um, let's see. And then, of course, the same looms, there is some uh, exp extension of pretty much the Antioquia brand products in the store, for example, now extension of each other, for example. We use the same loom, a little larger loom, and we, we, we make bathrobes. Like, and then we, we make a, um, a longer queen-size throws. Um, they're all made the same, the same way, which means that the ingredient is cotton, and then the edges are finished at the loom, so they are not like sewn. And I can show you something like that, what I mean. So this is a queen blanket but the edges are finished at the loom. And the ingredients is pure cotton. Same thing for the hand towels. Hand towels are, are uh, 20 by 40 inches um, uh, size, so they are very generous. They can be kitchen towel, bath towel, runners, anything you can think of. You were talking about classic designs mm -hmm. and, and then ones. totally like classic design I call them classic because since I started I, I've been doing them like a three stripe very clean cut not so many stripe or not many colors yes. however for every season especially our season is from April to August for summer season and for our wholesale customers we generally create two to three new collection and they always include very bright uh, colors for summer use. Uh, lots of I sell to lots of beach stores, uh, boutiques uh, up and down the coast. So like a summer, people love these towels with a little bit brighten today as well. Mm -hmm. And so th is this the three stripe? Which one is the three stripe here? The ones on the left. And then you said that you make um, some new designs. Yeah, the new designs, for example. This is the design that we got an, um, an award with at the New York Now, which is two layer woven into one towel. So, it's not sewn, it's not bagging, nothing. It is like woven into one with two different colors. Another that one that now nobody has this, it's the end of this finish. And this is done at the loom? Yes, mm -hmm. that's, that's finished at the loom. So it's not an extra process of tailoring. And these are all towels? All towels. Yeah, 
but it doesn't have to be. Right, that's, what I was just that's the beauty of it. So the towel, because it, what I say, like it's the, this is the ends are the most important. So when you see something and compare the quality, the quality of the towel comes from the cotton that you use in the loom. So this is what it is. Like this is, you can touch and feel how thick it is and how um, soft it is. There is no bamboo in it. There is no other fiber in it. Um, bamboo is usually used? Uh, some companies do oh. to cut costs and to make it soft. However, bamboo has zero hydrophily. So it's not very absorbent. Soft, but not absorbent. So we never use any, any anything else but cotton for the towels. What about your work? Robes are the same way, this, they are woven from the same weave, everything is cotton and then made into the robe. So I have waffle weave robes, regular, like this is for example three stripe classic robe, that's my best seller. And they come in pretty much all the color that you see for Antioquia collection in, in the robes as well. Have to offer what moves the most? Turkish towels. Because yeah. okay. also I am known for it. So I am kind of like a destination, or if you have used it and you always come back for another style, yet it's just like um, the users are pretty much hooked. <laughs> That's right. Um, where my company name comes, uh, it's where my very first product line was olive oil soaps, which are made in Antioquia, uh, southeast of Turkey, which is olive oil soaps. Um, yet, little footnote, I enjoy textiles more. So soaps are right now less than 1% of my interest or, or business. <laughs> Yet I love my company name, I like the sound of it, I like the history of it, so I'm very happy with my company name. Yet um, everything is made in Denizli, which is pretty much in the opposite side of, the, of Turkey, where my hometown is, close to Izmir on the west coast. Uh, Antioquia is southeast. And so let's talk about flea market days again, because yeah. this is, this, were you always intending to have the storefront? I always wanted to, yes, yet the time was not right, the place, it had to be Capitol Hill, nowhere else. I have never sold, since I started to flea market at the Capitol Hill, I never went to many other places, you know, like I always, I loved it here. I think I get to know my customer base, I got so much more confident, so if you asked me to open a store somewhere else, I would have said no. And you talked about you, you gained the confidence. What about this market being here and its dynamic and its community? Oh my God, uh, flea market is a school. I mean, I have myself an MBA uh, from Illinois Institute of Technology and I worked at different corporations before I started this. It, you don't learn anything there. This is a school. I mean, from product development to customer uh, service to organizational skills to uh, leads, you know, following up on leads and closing the sales. It's, it's a school. You cannot learn. If you are in sales business, 
you cannot learn how to make a sale or like be successful if you are not in dealing with so many different customers that come through the, the, the market. From tourists to locals, from really crazy people to really nice people. <laughs> you have to be able to manage it. And what about the partnership between other vendors? Did you find that to be also very helpful? Did you learn things? Were they generous with? Uh, totally. Um, um, you know, not so much toward the ends, but um, when we were in the schoolyard, one thing, there is a seniority in flea market. You know, you respect the vendors who have been coming there for 20 years, and you see what they are doing, how they are setting up. If there is wind, uh, how to set up your tents, what to put, what not to put, uh, you know, like you learn a lot, of course. I mean, I, I, I learned a lot from like the, the vendors who have been so much older uh, than me. And you just, you cannot just come and set up a, t a tent and then think that you are the vendor. You know, you have, you have to pass four seasons couple four, couple times and then, <laughs> and then say that you are a vendor. Um, what do you think is really lost when the flea market has been at threat, when there have been either the talks of reduction of space or the, the elimination of the market? What would the people here in this area and those who visit miss? Yeah. Uh, for example, I have very regular customers from out of town. Uh, they come for, let, let's say, for a business conference. Uh, every year they come at the same time, let's say cherry blossom time or uh, in September for a conference. And they come and they don't find, when they don't find the vendors that they have seen forever, they get very disappointed. And I think they are missing the, the thrill of finds. You know, you were going and there were so many flea um, stands that you have a find. It's an old lamp, a small chair, I don't know, a little print, something. Like, it was, it, it, that's what they miss a lot. And also, uh, again, uh, I mean, those were the um, kind of monuments of the flea market. These people have been there forever. Mm -hmm. So they, that, was a, that was a little bit more flea market. Right now, it's a little bit more like a street festival every week. Mm -hmm. So tell me the difference. I don't. The difference is, again, you don't have the fine, but there's more vendors, and then it's kind of like a, there's music, there's food. It's on one street. Let me pass through. It's great. What about the, the bargaining? Did you ever go, did you haggle prices with your customers when you were a flea market vendor? Oh, even right now, like, it, you ha there's a sweet spot. And then my, unfortunately, like, a, uh, it's, it's a crazy uh, balance, but my prices, for example, has not changed for the last five, six years because I'm also lucky that I am making them, so I'm not buying from someone else. But uh, even in the store, I keep the same as flea market. I, I have to. Mm -hmm. You have to. There is a sweet spot, and probably the vendors who have not figured it out, they never made it. That, that, you know, mm -hmm. that's another thing too. Another MBA um, pricing and <laughs> cost uh, <laughs> cost management <laughs> class. There you go. Here is another class at the flea market. Um, how pivotal was 
being a vendor to incubating this business? Hundred percent. I mean, I wouldn't if I did not learn at the flea market. If the flea market was not there, I would have never opened the store. Mm -hmm. I would just continue on wholesale and maybe try to like to grow a little bit more the online. And I wouldn't. I would not do that. Mm -hmm. And again, um, when I, I considered opening the store, I did it with the condition that there is flea market in front of me or on 7th Street or that the, the, that the flea market continues. If this area or this neighborhood had no flea market whatsoever, I don't think I would have agreed. That's a good point. Yeah. It's Saturday, Sunday, that's the bloodline. And whoever does not rec recognize it or realize that they are wrong or they are not looking at the right places. It brings in the foot traffic. Oh, foot, foot traffic, everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Still, after all these years. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I think that gets lost to some people. I had one person tell me that they didn't think the stories about the flea market would be of any interest to anyone but at Capitol Hill. What do you think about so that? So wrong. I mean, they can come and walk around there Mondays and Tuesdays. Same places are open, Monday, Tuesdays. We are all open. Mm -hmm. They can come and look around. And it's still Capitol Hill, but it's not Saturday and Sunday Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. that even the vibe, you know, even the noises are different. And the, the, the feet are different. I, I hear it's international. You have people coming from all over. It's not just the Capitol Hill neighborhood. Uh, you mean uh, the visitors? Yes. Oh, totally, yes. totally. I have um, um, customers that I ship to UK, to Canada. I have, uh, like, especially in summer, every tourist, it's a destination. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of tourists. And again, for very uh, different um, events that we may not be um, aware, but. There's a lot of conferences, there's lots of business meetings, there's lots of events going on in the downtown area, and they always come to, if they are in, in the city for weekend, they always stop by at the Eastern Market. It's good to, to know. Tom Rawl, his influence on you as a, a, a businesswoman in, on the market? Uh, first of all, he was a great manager. And always, like, quiet but always aware of what's going on and then I was in the schoolyard kind of like his across the, across the aisle neighbor for about two years of course it's it's huge and then like his selection again like his customer base the loyalty of his customers and plus many many more tourists and new newcomers I mean it's just like all you have to do is just come and observe him at his uh, stand one weekend, and I think you, everything is there. Now, with the new construction and all of these high-rise apartment buildings, and you feel that, how do you feel that's going to affect, is it going to improve, deter, how do you think that's going to affect the, the flea market here? It was very hard to visualize how this construction is going to come out. I am pretty happy with that especially with the C Street being so open, a, a, a good, nice little plaza area. So it's not very, you know, congested. Um, again, as long as they keep the market on the street and logistically 
uh, like it allow them or you know enable that I think um, the, the core vendors there's a skeleton of the flea market and they will always be there and we are I'm thankful that they will continue setting up and if someone came to you as a new vendor or wanting to participate in a flea market what would be your top advice um, I, I don't I, I I wouldn't I would say what are you selling of course but um, always try I have some people some friends that they want to try I think especially for an, an entrepreneur or someone who is just starting flea market is a great way to show if your product is worth going following through it will tell you right away not the very first week, but maybe a couple more weeks. Because, you know, you need a FaceTime. That's another thing for the flea market. Uh, you have to be there for um, week after week to be able to do any sales. Um, but definitely that will tell us. For example, for me, if you come and tell me, oh, the color of the year is saffron. I don't care what the color of the year is. I mean, I do care, but I never make it. Because for U.S. market, the bathroom colors are blues and grays. Mm -hmm. And I have to have blues and grays. And if you didn't learn that from the market, then you are kind of, you are not following it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's interesting to know. You can have a little bit of, um, uh, you know, saffron, but not, not the whole collection. Mm -hmm. um, there was a question that escaped me. Well, maybe they'll come back. Oh, so did you come to the States for school? I did, yes, mm -hmm. in 2000 for my master's degrees. Mm -hmm. And you decided to stay? I, yes. <laughs> um, tell me about, just a little bit more about you, and um, how did you pick this location? Because you went to school, what, in Illinois? Yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, for family uh, um, uh, you know, reasons, we moved from Chicago to, in 2005 uh, to the, uh, D.C. And the very, my very first job here in D.C., I work for NIB, which is National Industries for the Blind in Alexandria. Mm -hmm. And I was doing product development uh, and marketing there as well. And then I had my son, and then... Um, I decided to do my own business, mm -hmm. which was great. And again, like everything that, and like my sources and me being Turkish and us being in this business already enables me a lot. It's so hard to source from around the world. I feel the pain for other people. I mean, I do. Mm -hmm. And your son, so does he help out with the... Yeah, he was here market? on Saturday for the busy Saturday. <laughs> yeah, he's 10, yeah, exactly. Now that everything is electronic and an iPad, um, he's in charge of the register. They're amazing <laughs> what they can do. I know, he's do. so much I better know. than I am. <laughs> Did he used to attend the, um, the tables with you when you were at the flea market? No, they, he would kind of like come and um, uh, help occasionally, but, uh, you know. So you would not want to be back at the table as a vendor. You're very, very happy with your store. But are there certain rituals or traditions that you miss? Oh, social. that was a social club. I miss my friends, the laughter, the talk. Um, I mean, you know, the joking around. It's just like I miss, I, I still am there Saturday and Sunday a couple times. I just go see them and say what's going on and, you know. Uh, get coffee and walk around. 
But there's a compromise. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, it gets lonely uh, uh, here sometimes, and I bother them. If not personally, with the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you probably have the best of both worlds then, because you have your storefront, but the flea market's I know, in front of me, exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, For example, Saturday and Sunday, I open very early. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a habit from the flea market, and also I just want to be open and ready. When someone walks around, the flea market is there and the store is there, so it's mm -hmm. just there. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would like to share that I haven't asked? Anything about your story? I'm sorry. One, two, three. George, I need to give you a call one second. Anything you want to share about your personal story, about your business, about the transition, flea market, whatever, that I didn't ask? Well, the most important thing I need to share, and I want everybody to know, that when we are talking, oh, flea market is an incubator, oh, flea market is a... That is true. I mean, I am a living example of it. And every morning and every time, whenever someone tells me something, I think the fact that I was a vendor at flea market and it, they were so nice the management was so nice enabling you I mean eight years is a long time nine years so it's just like it's important that consistency it's like you know your landlord it, it's a it's a great they are a great landlord an employer actually they were my employer for a long time, and they were a great employer. And if you know, if you love what you do, and you have a strong product, and, and it, again, you can change your product. You can learn. I mean, if you're into the business of doing this business, it, it's just, it is a hobby, uh, you know, like, that, that's a school. And I am merchandise. I am sure that's the same for artists, too, photographers or potters. Um, you know, the pottery, I have friends who are pottery, they are doing pottery, and then they have, like, you know, did wholesale, or they started doing other things, and they improve their product line, they change their color, they change their glaze color, you know, and then they improve themselves. And it's just, it's so important. And if someone is thinking about switching over from being a vendor to getting a storefront, do you have any advice to that? How long should they wait? What should, what should be the deciding factor? Uh, finances is always a, a deciding factor, of course. Mm -hmm. And then, again, like trusting your product line and then um, because sourcing is important, consistency and quality of your product is important. <clears throat> but also your next landlord. You know, your next landlord may not be as nice as flea market landlord. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And one I exactly, and the <laughs> lease, uh, uh, signing the lease process is not as easy as paying your um, weekly uh, check to the uh, flea market. <laughs> so that's all I can, it's yeah. not very scary, but it's pretty scary. Yeah. So not one good season and then you're like, I'm getting a store, you need to... Oh my, yeah. no, no. <laughs> 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 uh, that would be really crazy, yeah. And uh, uh, I think pop-up shops in the uh, uh, stores are not way to go. Hmm. Explain pop-up shops. If you think that uh, you are, you are, 
you don't get uh, or you don't understand uh, by going to the flea market or you don't find a flea market. Um, Pop-up shops is like uh, store owners. They allow for a very limited time another vendor with different products to pop really in their own store. It could be consignment based or it could be like a percentage based, but you as a pop-up um, shop, you bring your customer and then you're also using the store's existing customer. And then um, you just um, create a synergy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for a couple days, for example, Thursday through Sunday. I mean, what would pop up in my shop, for example? I don't know, maybe a pillow vendor or, I don't know, like a Christmas ornament vendor or soap vendor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can allow them to come and see, and that way they will see if, if, if they have a, like a, they can appeal to other customer base too, which are shop owners, uh, shop uh, customers. Because believe it or not, there is there is some people who have never walked the flea market, even though they live in the area. Versus, there are some tourists who come to the flea market every day, mm -hmm. every time that they are in the city. So there is like a, oh, there's always a customer that you have never met at any point. Mm -hmm. So. Um. Oh my goodness, I must be getting old because all of these <laughs> things are just. Oh. Do you, can you think, and you might need to take a moment, is there any, in all of your eight years, is there any memorable event or experience, something that either was hysterical or alarming, like if some, someone mentioned the fire and how that impacted, but just something that you'll always remember it was a personal instance? I don't remember the exact year. It must be like 2011, maybe 10, in July, it was the best day ever, bluebird day. I mean, it's clear skies. One of the best business days ever. S bustling, so great. And about maybe three o'clock or so, it got so dark. And we had a little microclimate, little tornado. I lost my tent. Uh, with all many different ones. And I believe there are some pictures, probably Mr. Vernon has those pictures, or I'm sure Tom Roll has those pictures, <clears throat> that every tent was broken into pieces in the schoolyard. And we were up in, uh, almost like in our ankles, uh, to our ankles uh, in the water. I think I remember that. It was not too long ago. The wind just swept through and they, they have a name for this storm. It's yeah, it's like a micro, it's yeah. almost, it's just happening in that street yeah. only. It happened, well, I'm not too far away, but it's, there's a name, and they say that it happens maybe every five years, mm -hmm. and I, I do recall because it just comes up on you. So, you right know. now, uh, for example, that totat again, here is another school uh, subject. Whenever there's a little even scare, especially in summer, summer storms are worse than winter storms. Mm. So in summer, if there's a little bit of a scare, pack up <laughs> or put your tent down because it will definitely break. <clears throat> yeah, no, there was, um, that's the other thing. I guess you don't have to consider weather that much now. Yes, that's right. Before, that's just right. about whether it's bad enough to open or not. <clears throat> that's right. Yeah. I guess that's you are you you also like learn how to be a little faithful. You go like, well, 
it happens. It, whatever happens, it happens. Yeah. They say 30% chance rain. Maybe it's going to be zero. You just hope better. <laughs> yeah, but you're definitely living close to the earth, and you're getting the real report firsthand. We do. Of, yeah. We do. Exactly. So good. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. I appreciate it. I and again, thank you for everybody who made it uh, possible. Oh, it's I am very grateful. It's a beautiful shop. And um, I'm going to get some towels before I leave. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's a beautiful shop. I wish you much success. And I think you were very, very wise to go the route you did and to choose the location that you did. I love it here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Wishing for the best. Thank you. You're welcome. This ends the interview with Berna.